Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Roll with Adventure's flagship campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I am the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode continues on the afternoon of the 29th of Morgren, in the year 1083 PR, in the small city of Dwemer Hollow, where our heroes have entered into the home of Lord Preston Buchanan and convinced him that they are investigating the disappearance of the local children and other associated sinister plots. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here we roll with adventure. I think everyone knows how to do player initiative now, so how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? I've taken a solid plus one this week because I've managed to one-shot all of my lunch, all of my meal stuff from the kitchen to here even though sometimes it was probably more things than a, than a real human being should carry <laughs> in two hands if they don't want to make a spill. But I did not make a spill, so plus one. I uh, managed to drop my phone off the balcony over the weekend, oh. so I'm going to go ahead and take a negative two. It's fine, but... Your phone is okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's taken more abuse than that. That's impressive. Uh, is that a testament to the sturdy build of your phone or to the impressive uh, case? I would <laughs> say it's the sturdy build of your phone, because aren't you the third floor? Uh, third floor, but it was on the grass. Okay, that's still. <laughs> I'm going to take a minus one for stabbing myself while mending. I think I'm just going to take a flat old zero because I had the day off and accomplished pretty much nothing other than making some food and taking garbage out. So it has been a lazy daisy day. Uh, listen, Sasha, that, that was really interesting, but I need to go back a step. Uh, I didn't even think the mending spell involved anything that would stab you, so I need some more details. <laughs> Um, I was sewing a thread, a loose thread, back in place, and I stabbed myself. It was like, I don't know, Should 10 seconds of sewing, and I, and even though it was, maybe it's because I did it in 10 seconds. Well, it probably took longer than that, honestly. At any rate, it was not a lot of sewing, and I still managed to stab myself with the needle. Well, alright then. Uh, on the other hand, the the dinner that Sasha cooked was delicious. Mm. Uh, 18. Oh. I will shut up eventually. <laughs> oh no. There. That's a two. D 
Don't be sad. I have a one. <laughs> a 14. Natural one. All right. Um, I am David, and today I'll be playing Jovan Savvy J. Cooperson, a scholar uh, who has never seen the ocean. And I'm Brian. I'm at MindOverBrian on Twitter and on the Twitch. I am playing at Melian Barebone, a person who appears to be a um, mid-twenties-ish uh, half-elven redhead with a scar moving from his lip to his left ear. Um, yep, that's right, to his left ear. And uh, <laughs> I had to look at the picture. Um, and um, Melian would uh, never tell you, but he is um, very fond of uh, cilantro. So he's always trying to find some. But, uh, mm. In a medieval scenario, they don't tend to, to cultivate it, so he has to find it wild. Cool. Oh, is that me? Um, my name is Allie. I'm playing Quarry Anakalathi Bostukbase, a Goliath paladin. As Quarry grew up, they always hunted alone. They learned at a very young age that it can be dangerous to trust anyone, and they are always wary of treachery. I am Sasha, and I play Faelith, the half-elven bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. And one time, an older woman ghost told Faelith that if you swallow seeds, they will grow inside your stomach. Uh, she is now convinced that every pregnant woman she sees has swallowed a watermelon and lives in such fear of ha that happening to her that she very carefully picks the seeds out of anything she's eating, making it almost impossible to eat raspberries. <laughs> That's a heartbreaking fact. That is heartbreaking, but adorable. <laughs> she's very sure that this is the thing that will happen, and she feels so bad for those ladies when their tummies pop and the trees come out. <laughs> Death, whatever. Becoming a tree host? No. <laughs> Noted. Faith oh. has a deep fear of plants that will grow out of you. Yes. I've given you a lot of ammo recently. Last session, I told you she's afraid of rainbows, too. Oh, don't mm -hmm. worry. I am keeping mm. note. <laughs> I should rethink the things I tell Cass in the intro. Oh, also, she's invulnerable to all forms of damage and has a plus 20 on attack roll. <laughs> that seems legit. Yeah. That's canon now. I said it in the intro, so it's canon now. <laughs> now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember... Here, we roll with adventure. Uh, we begin our session today as our four heroes step out into the gardens behind the Buchanan Manor, alongside the Lord Preston Buchanan and his manservant, Gerard. A large, expansive garden opens before you as you look down from the raised steps of the manor house. In the distance, some few hundred yards, you see the land drop off likely into the canal that borders the back edge of the estate. Near this back edge of the garden, you see a row of trees, their leaves changing during the passage of seasons, save for one single tree that appears blackened and dying. 
So, what do you do? Well, I think that we need to go investigate around the base of this tree. Can we do an investigation check? Of course, you would like to approach this tree. I would love to approach this tree. Okay. I'm going to hold uh, the skull out as we approach the tree to see if I get any uh, paramomal activity. Paramomal? So so oh, I found the I, I found the name for today's episode. Oh, paramomal yeah. activity. <laughs> I only got a seven on my investigation check. The grass is dead. The tree is probably dead. Might not be dead all uh, the way through, though. It's hard to say. Melian is not going to get any closer to the tree than he absolutely has to. Uh, Yobin would probably not notice that everyone else is giving it a wide berth, and he'd go right up to it, check it oh. out. Faelith definitely would, too. Unless Mom freaks out as I get closer to it. Or Melian freaks out. Your mom is definitely uh, sort of you're getting a bit of a frenetic energy from her. Like, she sort of feels like she's being pulled in a couple different directions and is a bit concerned. Um, I'll do an investigate as well. Do I get advantage for having ghostly help? So what are you guys investigating about this tree? I want to see if something's buried there. Or if there's, like, looks like a place that uh, has been recently dug up, or if there's any sort of disturbed dirt, like someone has uh, been doing anything around here. Okay. Uh, I'm looking for any of the symbols or um, strange artifacts that might be by or impaled into the tree or something that would account for the decay. Okay. And Yovan? This might be a bit of a stretch, and I could probably figure it out just by asking uh, the Lord, but can I use woodworking to figure out how long the tree is dead? Why don't you do a nature check? But I'll give you advantage for it. Okay, so what did each of you roll? Seven. Sixteen. Okay, so Kawari 15. and above. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, Kawari, Yovan, Faelith, you all recognize, as you close in on this tree, that the bark is peeling from it, it has lost all of its leaves, and the roots appear to be blackened. They almost look not burnt, but almost like it. And... As you're sort of poking around a bit, you realize that the earth beneath this tree is frozen solid. Ooh, interesting. That would do it. I wonder if we'll find another one of those metal artifacts here. We have not yet located the one that is here on this property. Could be. It's supposed to dig like cold stuff, right? So that makes sense. Should we Actually, dig? Faileth did identify the one that was on this property. Oh, that's yeah, it was right. In the it was in the curtain. Oh, yeah, I did totally. I mean, never mind. I found that. I found that. So no, that's that's not what. I... Well, it doesn't make sense for there to be two unless somehow we missed additional artifacts on in the other homes. 
Well, if there were more than one in the other place, his mother didn't fail them. And she's going nuts right now. So whatever's here, she can fail it. And it seems strange that if there was something like this at the other places, that she wouldn't have. Hmm. That is a good point. Does the Lord have anything to say? Are you going to ask him? Sure, yeah. Um, actually, probably as they're coming down uh, towards the tree, would have been the one uh, Johan would bring it up. Like, surely the Lord has noticed that a tree and a chunk of grass has died on his otherwise immaculate lawn. He sort of sheepishly looks at you and says, I, ever since Hector disappeared, I haven't actually been out in the garden. Gerard, have you? And Gerard will inform you. Approximately uh, over the past few weeks, this tree has begun to die. Is there any significance to the tree? Is there a strong family attachment to it? No. This tree, as the others along this row, are simply apple trees that have been planted here. Uh, at times, uh, the manor has been known to uh, have servants uh, pick them and create various preserves or utilize them for dinners. Would you object if we were to perform some excavation here? He looks to the lord of the manor, and, pre and Lord Buchanan is like, Had I looked out here, I most certainly, I likely would have already had excavation begun, at least to remove this from here. But if you think that this is something nefarious, of course. The little one does, but she hasn't let us wrong, let us astray yet. I mean, there's definitely something weird, that's for sure. I don't know what, but... And the cold does seem to tie this to the strange objects that we've been finding. Was... You said that this started to die a few weeks ago. Did it coincide with the disappearance of Hector? It began shortly after. Was the earth around the tree or the tree itself in any way disturbed after Hector's appearance that anyone noticed. He points out that the tree doesn't have grass growing right up to like the edge of its roots. It's just like a circle of dirt with the tree in the middle and then the grass around that has died. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't based off the fact that it should just be that it was just dirt there. It doesn't look like any of it had been disturbed. At least with a seven. <laughs> May I ask, I noticed that you have several guards here on the property. Do they patrol at night? Yes, they do have rounds that they take. Mostly patrolling the perimeter of the property and patrolling the perimeter of the house. Did any of them report seeing anything strange the night your son disappeared or any time around there? related to this tree, perhaps? No. Uh, two of the guards that were there that night uh, were gone the following morning. Gone? Yes. Des deserted their posts, or, or took their leave? Uh, if I am to be truly honest, I 
there was some blood found, and we did find uh, a helmet from one of them, but of bodies or themselves, we did not find them. This is important, man. Were the guards who disappeared carrying weapons provided by that blacksmith that we suspect? Jasper Quent. That's the one. Ooh! Do you think this was caused by those elemental thingies? They were on cold light, right? Maybe they froze the tree. If the swords were buried under the tree, perhaps. Uh, we no. should dig it up! Dig up the tree! Dig up the tree. You most certainly can dig up the tree. Uh, and I, I can see that we have appropriate tools brought for that. Uh, but no, I have made a point of, an, of only stocking my guards. These are those guards here are my personal guards, uh, with weaponry not crafted by Quent. I do not trust his craftsmanship, nor do I trust the way that he has weaseled his way into the city. Perhaps you are not That's as much a fool smart. as I thought. Yeah, because he's definitely evil, and all those swords are like uh, evil time bombs with like elementals in them, and they're gonna explode or something. I haven't really been paying attention, but it does seem to be bad, and we did get to fight them, and that was pretty fun. To maybe elaborate a touch, we acquired a pair of the swords, as we told you earlier, and brought them to a local blacksmith, Alan. Um, if you would like, we can demonstrate, but I admit that part of the reason we came here was to perhaps ask your aid in seeing what can be done to disarm the rest of the guard or what might be the best way to approach the local council to inform them of the danger. Perhaps rearm them with their old weapons that uh, are not so hazardous for the city, and remove the weapons that have been brought by Jasper Quent. Such a move uh, would have to be done with utmost care, and likely under the guise of something else. Surely, if we can... I, I must think on this, but quite likely I, I, I could gather the council, or at least find a way to have the council brought here. If there is any way that we can assist you, we certainly will. We have seen firsthand the danger that these weapons pose and are eager to ensure that the town does not suffer some awful fate. I do not wish to see my city fall either. Paladin. We are losing focus. Perhaps yes. the tree first. Absolutely. What a good point, Melian. Um, dig up the tree, dig My up lord, the tree. do you have shovels on the property? Picks? Gerard, uh, please arrange for some of the gardeners to bring picks and shovels, uh, as well as whatever else would be utilized to till the earth at the beginning of the season just after frost has melted. Mm, most wise. This might be a bit of a stretch, Cass. Um... But if I were to dig in right at the edge of where the, the ground has frozen, would I be able to determine if the area of effect here is a orb or a column? Quite possibly. Okay, if it's an orb, then we might be able to figure out where the center of it is, which might be helpful. Would that be an investigation check? or? Yeah, give me an investigation check. And have advantage, because that is quite creative. Oh, thank you. Uh, here? Yeah, 21. You can definitely determine 
as you're digging around that the based off of actually how where the dead grass is that this is an off center shape it is not okay. directly centered on the tree it's it looks like the tree is just accidentally being caught in whatever this is and the area behind the tree is actually where this is with that you can determine where the center is and noting it looks like the dirt is raised a bit there like it was piled up a bit more quarry melian Faleth, yes if i could direct your attention and he'd point out what he'd noted with a with the raised earth somewhere that to start over there i'm afraid we may find the missing guards if there was blood and no sign of them no need to be grim so early. If the missing guards were present, I'm sure that Faileth would have spoken of them. Excellent point. That is a great relief. Uh, Melian will Can give uh... Corey a weird look and say, do corpses generate frost where you are from? No, but if... I don't know if they were buried with one of these objects or the... Uh... The perpetrator who took the boy who may have injured or done something nefarious with the guards perhaps left something behind with them. That's a good point, though. I can see if they're around. Uh, Cass, can I try to conjure them up to see if there's any dead around here? Sure. Let me do my little roll. Oof. Uh, 14. Okay. As you're trying to conjure, you feel like there's another, like, a block, almost? Or something that's pushing or keeping things away. Oh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Or you sort of possibly... Give me an insight check. That's better. Uh... Oh, good. Negative one. Uh, good thing I rolled well. That's a 15. So as you're sort of trying, you can sort of call ghosts, but they don't seem to be approaching. It's like they're staying away from something. And where they're at the edge of this sort of thing, it's like they really don't want to come close. And you sort of get the, the idea that maybe this is why your mother is freaking out. There's something here. Something that's scaring the ghosts. They didn't want to come here. I don't... I never felt anything like this before. I, I'm calling them. And they're there. I can feel them wanting to answer, but they won't come here. There's something about this place. Is it nefarious or simply a ward? I, I cannot tell. But it's weird. Whatever it is, I, I don't know, they don't like it. I think that's why my mom is so freaked out right now. There's something... I think it's bad. I think it might be bad. Melian draws his sword. I didn't know that it's sword stuff bad, Melian. Remember how we talked about how you kind of stab a spirit? Melian looks briefly puzzled and then, like, resheathes his sword with a confused look on his face. <laughs> uh... Yeah, like, because they're non-corporeal and stuff, and you, you stab a spirit and it just kind of makes your hand cold. Well, I mean, with a right sword. Oh, I didn't like that thought. I guess there might be some spirits that deserve to be stabbed. Perhaps we could move on. 
And as Melian says that, you see Gerard approach with a man and a woman who are carrying some shovels, uh, some smaller uh, spades, and two picks. They put them down, they, they bow to their lord, and then they quickly scamper off away from this ragtag band of ruffians. <laughs> How rude! My armor is gleaming. I look most reputable. And imposing. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess there's that. I'm a little tall. Yovan uh, will grab a shovel and strike the earth. Give me an athletics check. Whereas Melian will grab a shovel and, and start digging. He won't just hit <laughs> the ground with it like a weirdo. Well, he's a scholar. I mean... <laughs> Wrong. That isn't helpful, friend Yovan. <laughs> After weaken it first, beat it to submission. Or we Athletics, can't stop. Huh? Wee! Oh yeah, that's a that's a seven. He's <laughs> very, very you said much a two shovels cast. There's a couple shovels, a few spades, and two picks. Quarry will take a pick and will caution their friends to stand away a bit and say. I'll loosen the dirt. For anyone that is working on this, please give me athletics an athletics check. Uh, 14 is my athletics check. That is a 19. For Melian and Quarry, this is a walk in the park. Melian, it's a little bit harder, but it's definitely not that bad. For <laughs> Yovan, you, you may have... Like, you keep going, and you, you feel like you're probably either going to hurt yourself or really tire yourself out if you continue. He's doing his best. <laughs> okay. After about a good 20 minutes or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer, uh, you've loosened the dirt and pulled it apart and shoveled and dug up about uh, two foot down. Uh, remember, this is hard dirt. And you come across cloth. Who comes across cloth? Probably... Actually, can you guys give... Uh, I'm going to roll a d6. Uh, Melian, you are 1-2. Kawari, you are 3-4. Yovan, you are 5-6. Ah! That is a 2. So, Melian, you come across the cloth. Paladin, I have found cloth. Is it a body? Did you find a dead person? Could it be a, a sack that something was buried in? We should uncover it some more. Quarry will uh, ditch their pick in favor of a shovel and will help Melian start to clear the area around the cloth. It definitely appears to be some kind of sack, and it appears to be pretty big. And over the next probably... 15 or so minutes, you uncover two sacks that are about human size and shape. Where are they in relation to the tree? This is very important. They are about the middle of the area where Yovan point, pointed out. So they're not like just at the base of the tree? They're a little bit, like the heads of the, the head of, the per, of each of them is probably pretty close to the base of the tree. Seeing that they're kind of larger sacks that could contain people, Quarry will uh, say, My lord, Gerard, you may want to stand back. Uh, the sight may be somewhat unpleasant. 
and waiting no time, uh, Melian whips out a dagger and cuts open both bags. Shuk, shuk. Melian, you are... There is no smell that comes up. Uh, but you do see the colors and livery of the guards that you have seen around this estate. Are there people parts, or is it just uniforms? Would you like to pull the bags out, or oh, for the sure. contents out? Okay, yep. so, you, so I'll reach you're... in and like grab the front of the tabard and like wrench it out to see, with you no thought that there might be something You pull a headless corpse out of the bag. Paladin, I have found the men. Ooh, they took the heads! Or are the heads somewhere inside the bag still? Uh, Faileth is peeking her face inside the bag, see what else is in there. There does look like there is a head that has rolled a bit further down into the bag. Um, oh, and... the head's in here. It just fell off. There's also something glinting in the light. Ooh. I don't want to steal Melian's thunder. Uh, do you want to grab it, Melian, or shall Faileth no, stick her? I've got, a, I've got a giant mitt full of corpse. I'm good. Okay, uh, Faileth dives into the bag to retrieve whatever is shiny. Okay. Uh, Faileth, you pull out three coins. The coins are octagonal in shape. And on one side, there is a skull with three eyes. And on the other, there is an overflowing chalice. They appear to be made of gold. Ooh, I like that. Were all of the coins in the same bag? They look like they uh, have fallen. Like, they, they were disturbed. Um, I guess what I'm asking is, did somebody throw them in on top of the bags? Were in, they in the bags with one of the corpses particularly? Were they distributed amongst mm. the two bags? Uh, so, Jovan, uh, no, uh, Melian has only uh, cut open one bag. Oh. Yeah. Melian cut open one bag, grabbed the corpse, pulled it up, the head went rolling deeper into the bag because of the slant. Yeah, the I head. cut open both of them, but I only pulled okay. the corpse out of one of them. So there both is cut livery. Open. There's livery on both of them, but one of the corpses has been disturbed. What do you think? Were these coins on their eyes? Did someone give them weird last rites? Unless the deities are a new there. type of person with three eyes, I suspect there are too many coins. Yeah, but there's three eyes on the skull in this book. So maybe it's your two eyes and then your third eye. You know, like for your psychic mojo, what you have it. Faileth, I do not have three eyes. You've never heard of the third eye, Melian. Really? The eye that lets you see beyond? I've got a really strong third eye. Cass? Yep. Are the corpses cold, or should we keep digging? The corpses are cold. Okay. Is very strange. Faileth, are the coins cold? Are the coins cold? They're pretty cold. I mean, they're not not cold. They're not frozen solid, but they're pretty chilly. Well, these are just corpses, then why the frozen earth? I throw the first body aside and pull the second one out in the same vein, in the same style. Just... Grab and it from I the tabard, dive the into the sack after it. 
This one has its head, or the head is attached, and there are two coins inside this bag. I only found two in this one. That's weird. I guess that disproves my third eye theory. But then why do the coins have three eyes if it's not a third eye thing? Perhaps the second one's third eye was blind. He was third eye blind. <laughs> Again! We've, this is the second time. <gasps> if I go crazy, then when you still call me Superman? I don't call you Superman now. If I'm alive and you you be there holding my hand. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> Uh, Faileth, is there anything else in the bag? You have two corpses. Did you pull the head out of the other bag, too? Well, the head was still attached, you said. Oh, no, 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 uh, from the first bag. Oh. I don't know if Faileth ever I pulled I think that. I did, okay. yes. I, ha- I pulled the head out and, and the coins. If the corpses have been removed, Corey will go back to digging to see, because they are pretty sure that there's got to be one of those metal symbol things that are so cold in here somewhere. Their weapons weren't in the bags, right? Like they're li- they were, they were got, they've got their livery in their armor, I presume, but no weapons. No weapons. Uh, their weapons are missing. One of the helmets should be missing as well, I guess. There Neither is of them have helmets. helmets. Yeah. Oh, then why was only one helmet found? <sighs> Another mystery. What are the guards ordinarily armed with? I assume that you're sort of like belting it across the yard because yes. you got you told them them to stand back. <laughs> the Lord Buchanan sort of uh, perks up and yells back, "Short sword and dagger. We have Those at neither. the gates will have pikes." Well, only a fool would try to bury a pike. And Melian will also continue to dig, but like straight down from the the bags. So he'll remove the bags, put them aside. And then just dig straight like a three-foot circle where those two bags were. Or six-foot uh, circle or whatever. Yovin will uh, approach the lord uh, mm-hmm. and break the news. Uh, oh my lord, we found your men. Might I see them? Of course. That's not my place to deny it. They're over by the paladin there. Have you examined the bodies? <laughs> I'll admit, uh, autopsy doesn't fit within the skills of any of us present, but... Perhaps there's something to be understand. I, I I did note the uh, armband on your paladin's shoulder, uh, denoting a uh, medic in the field. So I I would ex- hope that they perhaps could at least review the body, For... determine the cause of death, perhaps. That's not unwise. Quarry. Y- yes, Jovan. Would you be willing to perform an examination on the bodies? Perhaps tell us how they perished and how long they've been. Of course. Melian, are you alright continuing to dig here? Indeed, Paladin. Okay, Kawari will go over to the bodies and will uh, lay them out neatly as they might have corpses on a battlefield and or patients near corpses on a battlefield. Um, and will begin the examination of the one without the head. While Corey's doing that, I'm going to give a shopping list to the butler of uh, a few precision implements and various uh, measurement tools. Um, I'm going to be trying to set up a methodical control zone around the tree, mm. maybe find a source of 
definitely. He looks to his lord, and his lord just nods, uh, saying, hopefully we have them on hand, and he, Gerard, sort of seems to nod as if, yes, they do, and then he heads off. Well, Kwari, you're looking over the bodies. Give me a medicine check. Yes. That is a... 16. Both bodies are cold to the touch. The one thing that I will say that differentiates the two of them is the one that was decapitated. It is a ragged cut. It's not a cut. It's a rip. Something ripped the head clean off. Gosh. Was it me when I pulled it out of the bag? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, it it looks like the rip happened uh, before the body froze. And the source of the freezing, it appears that you find that the livery over top of the heart has been discolored. It is a completely different color than the rest of it. And as you sort of like, and as you cut that open, you note that there is what almost looks like a handprint of frostbite over top of the heart on both bodies. And that is what you surmise is the source of the death. Likely quite instantaneous. So one guy had his head ripped off and then was frozen at the heart, and then the other guy was just frozen at the heart. Looks like it. Okay. Melly and I believe I may have located the source of the cold. Oh. Or at least I what I'm saying, like how the oh where the bodies were frozen. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then I don't say that. I let you keep digging for artifacts. Well then, I return to digging. <laughs> Are there any, mm, like, other than the discoloration over the heart, any uh, rips, smudges? No. It looks like whoever killed them, they really didn't expect it. Is it essentially, for the one that doesn't have his head ripped off, does he look basically intact and normal, albeit cold and dead, mm-hmm. um, other than the frostbite print? Yeah. Fairleth, if we were to walk away with the head of the gentleman here, do you think his ghost might be more responsive? I mean, probably. Whatever it is, I think it's just this courtyard because mother was better like in the house, so I might be able to call in their spirits if we're not out here. Right. Well, let's go for a short walk, then. As conspicuous as we can. Uh, as they do that, Quarry would go approach Lord Buchanan. Hmm. He's standing not that far from you, because he was watching you as you did the body assessment. Oh, okay. Um, then Quarry would turn to him and say, My lord, it... It appears, of course, that one of them... Forgive me asking, but are you squeamish? No. Right. One of them died having their head ripped off. The, uh... Cut off? No. Ripped. I chose the word intentionally. I know that that sounds improbable, but uh, something of great strength would have had to do that. For something to have such great strength, it would also require great size, and that seems very improbable. Or perhaps some 
magical enhancement. Um, it is certainly dark indeed. The other guard, it appears that he... Mm, well, perhaps you'd like to come look. <laughs> There's this frost print you can see on the skin in the shape of a hand, as if somebody reached out to the heart of each of these men and just froze them. So at any rate, some magic is involved, whether or not that's what gave the creature or the person the, the strength required to rip off someone's head, I don't know. This is quite concerning. These men, young men, they had such bright futures. I thought that perhaps they'd recognize that Hector had been, had been taken and... In shame, they had fled. I'd even thought that perhaps they had been responsible. But I made inquiries. And... They did not turn up anything that could have shown this. And to think that they were here this entire time under my very nose. I'm glad to hear that you are a just man who would inquire after the... Reputation of these men rather than simply accusing them and dismissing them. I make it a point to be quite fair. Uh, I will be the first to say that I most certainly do uh, profit from some that have made ill choices. Uh, my lands to the northwest of Dwemer Hollow. By the Twin Falls, uh, the town of Thimbleton itself there does fall within my domain, and a large export of that town is stone cut uh, by those that are condemned to prison. But I am, um, I ensure that fairness is held, and that conditions are not bad. Everyone deserves a second chance, and everyone deserves a fair life. I couldn't agree with you more. And Quarry gets a little bit of a faraway look in their life, or in their eyes, thinking about their life many, many years ago. Um, but after a moment of reflection, they'll shake their heads slightly and say, It seems not unlikely that perhaps the guards either witnessed something or perhaps were taken out before your son was taken to avoid them raising any motion I should write letters for their families give them news and deliver them myself as well uh, if you will please excuse me I should hope to see that their families are also compensated he sort of says that under his breath as he leaves and you watch him walk back to the manor I guess we will turn the scene over towards Faileth and Jovan as they walk away with a frigid skull. I pay attention to what my mother is doing, and when we get to a place where she seems less agitated, I will try to call the ghost of this person. Your mother seems rather agitated. Very, very agitated. She also seems to actually be trying to say something, but 
you can't hear it. Either she's saying it too quietly, or... Ma'am. It's just not coming through. Well, cat got your tongue! <laughs> oh, sorry, that's just a joke for me. Um, that's weird. My mom's trying to talk to me, but I kind of hear her, and that's not usual. Hmm. Maybe we should leave the house to like completely. It may be difficult to do that with a head without raising some serious questions. Um, I don't know, but... I've got a head on my belt right now. Well, it's a little bit more. Um... Oh, maybe. Um, maybe we can requisition Here. a sack of some kind. I'll stuff it down my shirt, and then everyone will just think I've eaten a pumpkin seed. I look at that. I called it back. I called it back already. That may work. Uh, here, let, let, let's let's see if there's a, a gate. Well, where of some have you kind walked here. off to? I'm Are not actually just... sure what the grounds of the Buchanan look like. There's very much like there's the house. There's a mm -hmm. nice garden. There's a couple rows of trees, and you were at the very first row of those trees, and then there's the canal behind it. How far... Uh, how, Faith, hmm? how long ago did you... Um, did your mother stop being responsive? When we got out by the trees, when she started to flip out. Was she being talkative before that? If she's the talkative type? No, she's been cranky ever since I started... Well, to be perfectly honest, she's been pretty cranky since I started spending time with you and with Corey. I mean, she's been cranky since I started spending time with Melian, but she's at least had a year to get used to that. But she's not at all happy that I'm doing this and, like, following my letter and stuff. So she's been pretty quiet. I only really spoke to her one time in the last day or so. And uh, she's pretty shitty about it, too. That sounds awfully lonely. Um, oh. yeah. I mean, she prefers it when it's just her and me. She likes it when I'm by myself because I spend more time paying attention to her, which is why she hates Melian. Plus, I also don't think she thinks that Melian's going to help me get, you know, on my proper destined path and all of that stuff. But I don't know. I think he might. I think we could get him there. Oh, he seems to want nothing but the best for you. Uh, perhaps oh, a little rough around the edge for a caretaker, but... Well, I think the problem is that Malian doesn't believe that I'm capable of taking care of myself, and he sort of forgets that I lived 14 years without him. And, you know, that, like, a solid 10 of those years I was completely by myself, except for, you know, Mother and, and all my ghost friends. And so, you know, I don't blame him for thinking that he has to take care of me, but it would be nice every once in a while if he remembered that, you know, I lived a long time by myself, and I like him a lot, and I enjoy spending time with him, but I can... You know, I can do stuff. I'm not stupid. I think you best just give him time. It can be difficult when one grows old to remember how capable he was when they were young. He's not that old, and it's been a year. Anyway, this isn't what we're supposed to be figuring out. Um, yeah. But it's nice talking to you, Yovin. You've got one of those, like, tell-me-your-life-story sort of faces. Has anyone ever told you that before? Well, I've heard a lot of life stories. So, perhaps there's something to it. Here, I have a theory. Pass me the head. Um, we'll go on and um, take 40 paces out that way I'll take 40 paces out this way and we'll see if perhaps your mother is able to communicate a bit more Ooh, the body if itself it's might be the issue head or not. Um, thank that you. could be it alright he'll uh, salute and uh, wander off 
putting some distance between him and Faelith. Okay, so are you, like, you're up in, like, the rows of trees, I assume, and you're heading one way and Faelith's heading the other way? Mm, or yeah. are you heading closer to the uh, uh, canal? Um, I might walk towards the canal and have Faelith walk the closer to the tree, just in case trouble somehow happens. It means that they're a little bit closer to um, the rest of the group. Sounds okay. good. Faileth, can you give me a perception check? Actually, no, give me a flat d20. This is going to be a okay, luck check. Okay. Let's see if we're going to get good luck. <laughs> so that's a net 20. Faileth, Jovan probably gets about 30 feet from you and you suddenly hear your mother. Drop it. Drop it. Let it go. Get it out. Drop it. Let it go. Yovin! Drop it. Let it go. Drop it. Yovin, put it down. Quick, no, put it down. Throw it in the water. Do so. Get rid of it. Don't touch it anymore. He'll, he'll carefully put it on the ground and take a few steps back. Uh, Yovin, please roll me a... Uh, roll me a constitution check. Oh, not one of those. Huh? Okay, okay, so that's a 12, but don't don't tell me anything yet. I'm going to burn uh, the amount of concern in Faelith's voice. I'm going to burn two trick points to just crank that up a notch. Uh, that's a 2 and a 4. So, 18. Um, so, you drop the head, and mm. just as you let it go, it doesn't fall. It hangs there for a brief moment before flashing with a brilliant azure light. And now, right in front of you, is a skull etched in sort of an ethereal blue fire. And the temperature has plummeted. Please roll initiative. Nasty thing. All of us? Yes, can I please have all of you roll initiative? Um, Quarry and Melian, I assume that you guys were digging at the time? Yeah, Quarry would have gone back to helping. Okay. And being so intent on finding the mysterious object that they're looking for, they rolled a three. Uh, Faileth got a seven. Uh, Seventeen. A thirteen. Because of Faileth, Faileth's warning, um, it does not get a um, surprise round on you, thankfully. As this brilliant azure light suddenly flares behind you, uh, Faileth, you can see this clearly, what has just happened. There is now suddenly a skull floating in front of uh, Jovan. And with that, Jovan, it will actually be your turn. What would be the action to pull a net from my fishing tackle? Would that just be an object interaction, or would that be a full... I actually think that how... that it's that's rolled into your action. Oh, okay. Well, in that case... Um... Don't I'm forget that I handed you a hand axe on our way here. I, I mean, it's true, um, but I'd rather 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try and net it. Okay. So how does netting work? Uh, you. Th oh, it's <laughs> the the net weapon. Um, <laughs> it makes. Let me pull it up here. Uh, da, 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 da. It seems like something I wouldn't particularly want to have fly away on it. A large or smaller creature hit by a net is restrained until it is freed. A net has no effect on creatures that are formless or creatures that are huge or larger. A creature can use its action to make a DC 10 strength check, freeing itself or another creature within its reach on a success. Dealing 5 slashing damage to the net, AC 10, also frees a creature without harming it, ending the effect on destroying the net. When you use an action, bonus action, or reaction to attack with a net, you can only make one attack regardless of the number of attacks you can normally take. It normally has a range of 5, which would normally mean disadvantage, but I have the crossbow master feet, so I can use it without disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Nice. So, I'm attacking it with a net. <laughs> I don't know how effective this is going to be on a flying thing, but I'd, my immediate instinct is, uh, ooh, a clue. I don't want it flying away. <laughs> uh, which I might not be treating it with quite the run a specter it deserves, but um, also holding it still while the heavy hitters come to work their magic would be uh, it's, it's a complete moot point because I rolled 11. Um, Sadly. Uh, so you go to net it and like mm -hmm. You're, you try to get your net out, but but your fingers, they're, they're just so cold by this sudden onslaught of cold coming. And you can actually see this cold starting to slowly spread across the ground and around this thing. I'm going to um, perhaps take it a touch more seriously, uh, burn a trick point to disengage, and uh, be elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to disengage. Are you running back towards Faleth? Yeah, going to run back towards the, the crew. Okay. Um, so you're, I will actually say this, you're facing the crew. Um, okay. You're facing all five of them standing up. What? Uh, Alright. There is most certainly a headless oh, very, thing standing oh, up right behind Melian and Quarry, as well as another one standing right next to I will spend some time to point a finger and yell, uh, Quarry, Melian, besides you, behind. And with that, Melian, it is your turn. All right, and I, now I can turn and see that there's a headless thing standing behind me? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, then in one fell, in one swoopy move, I pull out my longsword, spin around, uh, and whap him with the shovel, and then chop him with the because I still got a shovel in the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> so I clang. No, I, you know what? I, because I'm I'm taking it back. I actually swing for where his head would be with the shovel, and then just miss. But I'm going for the body with the sword. A fate with a shovel, swing with the blade. That's right. Hey, that is wonderful. <laughs> okay. uh, and that's a twenty-two to hit. Okay, that hits. Well, then I do three points of slashing damage. Nice. And I throw the shovel away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fantastic. The thing sort of like it sort of stumbles and lurches a little bit back, uh, but you didn't knock it over. You, but you did cut, do deliver a nice cut across the livery. With that. It's actually going to lurch at you to attack. And it is going to swing its 
chilled. Uh, my AC will only be 17 in this instance because I'm not carrying my shield. Okay. That's fine. It's a very stiff corpse, and it sort of lurches, and its legs don't necessarily move far enough, really. It doesn't fall over, but it, it's its hit does not land. And with that, Faileth, you are a bit away from the group. There is a floating skull that looks like it's wreathed in cold fire of some kind that seems to be killing the trees and land around it. That was where Yovan, that Yovan was running from. And it looks like Melian and Quarry are about to be engaged by some very dead guards. I am super freaked out by this skull just because Mother is. Usually dead things don't faze me, but uh, Mother seemed to really hate this thing. Uh, am I with... Can I get within melee range of the floaty skull? Sure. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to run screaming at it and grab it, like touch it, and cast Inflict Wounds at a second level. Because I am super flipping out about this thing. Okay. <laughs> so I crit again. Yes, that hits. <laughs> Hooray. Double damage. And since I cast it at a second level, that is 4d10, which means 8d10 because I'm doing crit damage. So, 8, 15. Marlene never takes me seriously. doesn't believe I can handle myself. Let me just annihilate this undead. <laughs> 29, 35, 40, uh, 42 damage. Oh, you just one hit the paladin. Total? Total. That's my, that's my 8d10 there. As your necrotic energy sinks into it, you notice that you definitely damaged it. You can see some cracks forming across it, but it didn't hurt it as much as you'd expect. I mean, it makes sense that it's resistant to necrotic damage. But you are physically touching it, so you're going to take some cold damage. Figured that part, too. Oh, you're going to take six cold damage. I'm now screaming because it hurts and also because I'm freaked out about it, so I'm just fully flipping out. Now Faileth is screaming, and it is the skull's turn. This frostfire skull... I think it's going to have to attack Faileth because its assessment is going to be that she's the only one that's actually damaged it so far and damaged it a decent amount. Um, so it is going to multi-attack and attack her twice. Faileth, what is your AC? Um, 14. Oh, okay. I do apologize, but I will hit twice. I mean, yeah. Faileth is not meant to be close combat. <laughs> so you're going... Let, let me check your max just, just checking okay good it won't one shot <laughs> you will take a total of 21 cold damage and Ooh. can I please have two constitution saves yep and so everyone is aware oh, oh no I don't even need to take any uh, it doesn't matter I am down to zero that's it I'm dead what? Yeah, I had 21 HP left after the uh, the last attack, so I am down. Oh, gosh. Okay. I only have 27 total. I'm squishy. 
So Faileth was screaming, and then these just, like, bolts of chilling energy sunk straight into her, streaming out of the mouth and eyes of the skull. And she dropped like a bag. You're, I, I don't even get to give you the numb condition, which is a new condition. You don't, because I'm just dead. You're not dead, you're unconscious. And I'm making death save and throws, but that's okay, because Faileth is not afraid of death. You'll start making death saving ghost. throws next round. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Faileth, the friendly ghost. The friendliest ghost you know. With that, it's Quarry's turn. Quarry, you hear a ear-splitting shriek. That sounds like a young girl. And then, this is shortly after Melian, uh, after, uh, Melian has drawn his sword and swung, and you heard Yovin yelling behind you. What do you do? Oh, gee. I trust Melian to take care of any threats, so I think what I would probably do is run for Faileth. Two corpses are between you and Melian and Faileth. Oh. Remember, you pretty much, like, you guys put the bodies down, and then you went back to digging. Okay, I thought you said but they were behind me, so... They were behind you when you were digging, so, like, your back was facing them. So just make sure I understand this correctly. We got the Lord, then the tree, then the two folks digging, then the corpses, then me, then Faileth, then the skull? Yes! Cool. <laughs> wait, wait, did you say the Lord? Buchanan went back into the manor, but if you were to include the manor, then there's the tree, then there's the two of you digging, then there's the two bodies behind you that are now standing up and presumably attacking. Then there is Yovan. Then there is the downed Faileth and a sort of cackling frozen skull floating above her. Okay, well, uh, redoing my description. Quarry will drop their shovel, grab their halberd, smile a kind of, like, grim, determined, but also extremely pleased smile. They have worked very hard to be civilized and polite, but they do love the hunt and a good fight. So, uh, also these look kind of undead, so Quarry's very excited about that. Um, and will swing at the one that has a head. Please make your attack. I'm just thinking I should do divine smite. Oh, but I don't have to declare that because it's only when I hit a creature. Never mind. Alright, so that is a 14. That hits. Your paws had me worried. Okay, I am going to use divine smite. No. Nope. Take it back. I'm going to Hunter's Mark. And... That does it. It's an extra d6. And I'm rolling the wrong dice. Okay. We're off to a good start. Okay, so that is going to be... 13 damage. What type of damage, please? It is... And of course, I didn't write down whatever Halberd does. I want to say it's slashing. Get a little radiant damage next time. As you slash down with your Halberd, because uh, I assume that you're sort of like bringing it down more of like a... more so that the blade is drawing across, you cut across the front of this corpse, mm -hmm. slicing the livery in half. Oh. And as you do, 
there's a sickening sound as you watch the skeleton within this corpse separate and step forward. Mmm, Quarry is intrigued and cannot wait to kill it. Uh, with, as this fleshy sack sort of almost starts to fall away, you see it inflate and pull itself together, and you suddenly realize what you are fighting. Oh, You're I fighting do? an empty husk. You've seen these in the, the Blissful Rebellion. Oh, no. I always knew my bones were trying to escape. <laughs> you and with that do I uh, know anything uh, about what would damage it or what I should avoid you know that their modus operandi is to suffocate and smother but once they've attached and start to suffocate and smother someone you're as liable to hurt the individual that they are smothering as you are to hurt them uh, then I will shout out a warning to Melian and say, Don't let the skin touch you! And with that, um, the skin is going to attempt to attack and smother you. No! Rude. Rude. What is your AC? It is 18. It does not hit. Oh, um, so goodness. you see, like, the skin sort of try, like, it, it flares out and sort of tries to come down on you, but you sidestep it a little bit. And with that, the skeleton, you see that where its hands should be uh, are like, they're just frozen together in sort of a, bl a, a blade of ice. Oh. It is going to make a slash towards you. Mm -hmm. And it is very disoriented and misses. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. And with that, uh, Jovan, it is your turn. You are running towards... Melian and Quarry, or you at least partway towards them, and you see that the one Quarry is fighting has just split into two distinct horrifying things. Do I notice Faileth go down? You heard her scream behind you, and it suddenly cut off. I'm gonna look over to Faileth, realize what's happened, um, and look back to, to Melian. Where are the potions? I mean, they're in my bag, but... Perfect. I will pickpocket his bag. <laughs> um, with the uh, mage hand. Okay, I guess that you're gonna your action's gonna be sending it out to pick, do that, and like bring the potion back to you. Uh, that's a bonus action. Ah. Um, and then once I have the potion hand, I'm running back to Faleth. Okay. And um, um, get some potion there. And because you disengaged and moved last turn, you should be within distance to do that. About uh, halfway so, between, them, I figure. Yeah, you are enclosing in on this intensely cold area and like you can see that frost has covered the ground here it's even climbing up faileth's crumpled form you sort of push open her mouth and pour a potion down into it then i'm gonna grab the back of her shirt and um prepare her away but i am out of actions how many hit points six do points I of healing back? yay that was reckless little one come on we have to get to the others oh hate that thing. And with that, it is Melian's turn. Melian yells, Faileth! His body sort of goes rigid. He sort of floats up into the air. His skin starts to pale. His face starts to distend and become uh, muzzle-like. All his hair bleaches and turns white. And his beard thickens. Fur seems to cover his face. His hair 
the, his, the hair on his head gets longer, uh, becoming mane-like around this lioness face. Uh, the rest of his skin covers him in, in a blindingly white fur. His fingers turn into paw. His hands turn into paws with long claw-like uh, fingers. His leg, there's a sickening crunch as it moves from uh, the knee that bends in the front to like that animal uh, knee that bends in the back. And this all happens fairly quickly. And he lands back on the ground, looking like a giant lion person now, and also enraged. Phyllis claps delightedly and yells, It's pretty hair time! Uh, Allison the, is the other notable difference is that he, uh, he has a very long sort of flowing tail that extends behind him, uh, as well as two hor- uh, four horns, two that sort of two tiny ones that hook down towards his mouth, and two larger ones that sort of point towards the sky. Um, I have to say, Allison is really relieved by this transformation, because when you said you were, like, lifted up, I just immediately imagined the transformation to Prince Adam was, was prepared to be horrified and disappointed. Yovin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for his part, is, is panicked. And, I mean, this uh, is definitely more Sailor Man. I'm pretty sure that yes. there's some sort of possession going on. I should also note that around Melian, there starts to sort of form almost these, like, spectral, glowing white indistinct figures that you almost feel look like knights or paladins in full plate that are sort of half there but not indistinct spirits that have formed there spiritual guardians of some kind Melian drops back down to the ground I mean like drops onto the ground from the, the inch or so off shrugs his shield back down onto his arm and then with a <laughs> attacks the, the uh, headless corpse in front of him with reckless attack because I can do that now. I mean, I could have done that this whole time. I just been... <laughs> so I will do a reckless attack. Does an 18 hit him? Oh, most assuredly. Uh, for 9 points of damage, which is maximum damage. Uh, and that is slashing damage still? That is, in fact, slashing damage. So as you slash into them, uh, into this one with primal rage, you sort of see that same transformation splitting that I described for Quarry a moment ago uh, begins to happen to the corpse in front of you as it begins to split into empty skin and a skeleton etched in frigid ice. And with that, I think this husk is going to try and smother you with reckless attack do we get uh, do things attacking you get advantage uh yes however both those things that i just hit uh, are disadvantaged by the fact that they're being hit by the ancestral guardians so um excellent it's straight up balances out (laughs) yeah okay and i don't mean to take the oh go ahead oh no go right ahead I oh, sorry, that's not true. I the tension out of the scene, but I'd rather, uh, if you could let me know what the role is before Melon um, shares his AC. Uh, so they only have disadvantage against attack rolls that aren't against me, so my apologies. So they'll be able to attack me with that advantage. Uh, that one is a 12. All right. Are you going to change that? No, I, I think, I, I have faith that he can withstand a 12. Okay. Uh, so the 
empty husks, smother will uh, sort of it will attempt to grasp towards you, but the spirits push it back in a way. Uh, but the secondary, the skeleton is going to make a stab out with its blade, and this time it is a 17. It's all good. Faileth, it is your turn as these, this husk sort of tries to grasp onto Melian, but can't, and the uh, skeleton slashes out more at the spectral insubstantial guardians that have formed to protect oh, this majestic when... beast. I love it when Melian goes pretty hair and all his ghosties come out, and I, inspired by Melian's guardians, am going to reach for my own and hold a from beyond. Ooh. I'm gonna roll my d6 here. I got the warrior. Suddenly unbidden to your mind, in your mind, you hear the tale of some 200 or so years ago, a lord that challenged another for the hand of his daughter. A man that had impeccable honor, but for some reason this other father, this, this other noble, did not want him to marry his daughter, and challenged him to a duel. And this man, he fought, but he was dealt a single blow, and though he in the later night of poison, with that his spear is still vengeful, is eating, ready for you to unleash his rage on a target of your choice. I'm gonna target myself. Uh, with this particular take and turn at to the skull and point at it and says, Hey, skeleton face! You're just as faceless as the wretch that poisoned the blade that killed the mighty duelist! And I'm going to him and the spectral figure of the duelist appears uh, right next to the target and makes a melee attack. So make a melee spell attack against the target. That'll be a 23. Oh, that is. <laughs> uh, and it does... Booties plus charisma modifier. Yes, it's plus five. Yeah. Uh, so I do get to roll my bardic inspiration dice twice and then add charisma. So that's five, three, eight. So that's 13 damage from this spectral warrior. A blast, uh, so briefly, Jovan, you see form in front of you a man in noble garb holding a rapier forward, and he just lunges and strikes through the eye socket of the skull. You see some cracks splinter across the skull, but it's still there. That was a bonus action. So with my action, I am going to cast Vicious Mockery and says, Oh, and also, you smell bad! Which is impressive for a frozen skull thing. But yeah, you smell really bad, loser. Uh, okay. We're gonna make another spell attack. Oh no, it needs to make a wisdom saving throw. DC 15. It's got a 17. You just had a brush with death. With that, it is the skull's turn. And the skull, it sort of looks at you both with this look of disdain, and you can see clear malice and hate burning in those eyes. 
and then it begins to fly away. It's going to dash. Come back, you bastard! Uh, So it dashes. Now it is a good 80 feet away from you. It is dashed out on past the uh, into the canal and seems to be zipping away somewhere deeper into the city. We've got to go after it! Um, I'm going to use my move action to start running after it. Damn near just killed you. What is that? <laughs> Phelith, hey! Hey! Have I mentioned that Phelith doesn't fear death? And with that, it is Kawari's turn. Kawari, you have a empty husk before you and a skeleton with a blade of ice. I am going to go after the husk because... I am not super keen on being smothered. I think I'd rather be hacked. So, I will make an attack at Halberd, and this time I am going to use Divine Smite. Only if you hit. Yes, that's right. Uh, that is 12. To hit? Yeah, my rolls have not been brilliant tonight. That hits? Oh, thank goodness. thing to remember is that these are pretty much just like skin. Um, okay, so that is going to be 6 slashing damage plus 5 radiant damage. You are going to destroy this husk. This empty husk. Will you please describe it? Well, I think Cory will, seeing them split, will grip the haft of their halberd tightly, take a deep breath, and they have sort of a... I don't know, pleased glint in their eye as they swing backwards with the halberd and then forward to cleave right through it. And how does your smite take effect? In this case, I, I'd i like to imagine it like, um, almost like it ex- not extends the blade, but like light shines out from it in a blade-like fashion that also sort of cuts through it or adds to the cutting ability of the blade your blade slices through it, you see sort of little strands of radiant power sort of flows through the rest of it, almost say tracing up the arteries and veins that are still on the underside of this thing. And it begins to smoke and bubble and just breaks apart. Very cool. With that, the skeleton that has been freed from its husk is going to attack you. Oh, I should have asked you if it's undead. Oh, most assuredly. Well, I get to add an extra d8 of damage in that case. I, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> but I never mind. Uh, you, you can roll that, and then I will be able to tell you after um, how much, how negative the damage is. Um, well, that's an extra four radiant damage, just for the record. It still breaks apart in that spectacular... <laughs> Your, your description was fantastic, <laughs> and I I think it was really good. Does a dirty 20 hit you? Sadly, yes. Unless it snuck up and is attacking me from behind. Sadly, no. 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 You will take four piercing damage and four cold damage, which I think you have resistance to, so that will become two cold damage. For a total of six damage? Yes, for a total of six damage. Okay. And yes, I do have resistance. 
lunges with its blade, with its hands frozen into a blade of ice. And as it comes down, it sort of faints with that first one because it recognized that you caught it with the, that you avoided its last attack. But as it follows the slash through, you notice that a blade of ice has come off its elbow and it slashes across you instead. Quarry's grin will dim a little bit and their uh, eyes will get a more serious set and they look like they're ready to kick some skeleton butt. With that, we are back to the top of initiative. So, Yovin, it is your turn. Well, there's two ways you can go about this and I'd like your advice as to which one would be. Basically, I'm looking to uh, hook onto the skull to keep it from flying away. And I could do this with a set of manacles and a rope, or I could attempt to do it with a wooden rod, silken lined, and steel hooks. So it is currently 80 feet from you, because it has dashed its full distance. Okay, and I don't think there's no way my mage hands could be able to keep up with that. It does not look like it. Not look like you will be able to. Okay. Um, in that case... Can I catch up with Faileth at least? Or is Faileth not? Oh yes, you can catch up with Faileth. Faileth, I should say that you're back up and are running, uh, but you are, you're still, you're really cold. Oh yeah, I'm very badly hurt. Yeah, you're really cold. I'm actually going to give you the condition numb, which is okay. from the Fate Forge. Uh, Studio Agates, uh, Fate Forge books. So while you have numb, your speed is reduced by 10 feet, and you have a minus two penalty to AC and a minus. T- I can send. I'll send you this. Lower AC is definitely what I need. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and the you also have a minus two penalty to dexterity and strength checks, and good, good. to dexterity and saving strength saving throws. Excellent. But the more important one is you can't use reactions. But natural numbness ceases about 30 minutes after the cause of it is no longer being applied. Oh, good. Okay. Or if the body can be returned to a reasonable temperature. So what the chance of me using the fishing rod like an actual fishing rod and catching this thing? Slim, but I, I'd let you try. Cool. All right. So I'm going to use a bonus action to dash, since I've got some um, bonus action to trick point rather than dash. Um, and then I'm going to use object interaction to pull up the, the rod, and I'm going to go for it. That leaves me a single trick point that I can add to this roll. What am I rolling? <laughs> it should be dexterity, because this is ranged. Let's make this, uh, for ease, 5th uh, edition, let's make this a like as if you were doing a net attack. Oh, okay. But the uh, rather than give you disadvantage, I'm going to raise the AC of the creature to represent it being farther away. <laughs> that seems reasonable. Oh, so that's a 19. And uh, I'm going to make this plan work. Uh, and that's a 3. So it be 3. So what was the total? Uh, 23. Oh, sorry. And that before uh, dexterity, uh, 26. I, uh, maybe the trick point might have been for kill. Um, I said I said it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, we're gonna say that it was, as it was dashing off away from you, you sort of somehow happened to get the fishing tackle in one of the, like, 
in the eye socket and like down into so that as it kept moving forward the hook pulled into the into maybe the lower jaw bone well, there's there's that bone that goes between both the eyes if i can get it to wrap Ooh, around yeah, that yeah true that mm-hmm. no. yeah so you you got the hook somewhere in there and it has hit the end of its movement and it is struggling against you um, i've got my heels planted and i'll uh, fail uh, i could use a hand here uh, <laughs> oh yeah okay you wanted it to keep it. You wanted to keep it from going away. We have it. I'm not sure what to do with it. Hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, remind me that we're doing strength checks when we we'll get back oh, around, yeah. or this even when go. we get to Faileth. And now with that, Melian, it is your turn. I rip the skin husk in front of me into very small pieces with a reckless attack. Okay. Uh, I mean, I hack at it with a sword, obviously. I don't use my hands. That'd be silly. Well, even if you used your hands, I would still let you... I'd still take it. <laughs> That's an 18. Oh, that hits. Four. Uh, nine. No. Yeah, no, I rolled nine. Nine points of damage again. I was like, that's max damage <laughs> again. But... Please, so nine describe, the, describe the end of this unholy skin of evil. Well, I'm enraged, so I stick my sword in it, I twist it, and then I wrench it out the side, so that it's, and then with the shield arm I grab that piece, rip it off, and then eat it, because I'm a lion person now. Uh, and enraged. Uh, and then when it tastes oh. really bad, I like, I like to spit it out, but now there's a big chunk of it chewed up to a certain extent. And then I roar at the skeleton. Uh, dibs are not explaining that to the lawyer. Uh, well, now there's been two roars in the back, and I, I feel like the lord is probably going to be coming soon. <laughs> and there was a shriek. So now the frozen skeleton is going to slash at Melia. 19 plus... Uh, does a 23 hit you? It will. You'll take 8 piercing damage. Uh, I'll take 4 piercing damage, thank you. And you'll take 5 cold damage. Hopefully that gets reduced too. No, I'm just resistant to piercing, bludgeoning, and slashing. That's alright. 9 damage I'll just shrug off. Also, you could actually be adding an extra plus 2 to the strength rolls, plus the damage rolls. Uh, because I'm cool. enraged, but I forgot. Okay. So was that an extra one damage? Yeah, it, or an extra two? No, damage? so so it's a a bonus, a two plus two bonus to the damage roll. So in theory, okay. I'm actually doing plus three instead of plus one. Awesome. I have noted how much negative damage you brought into. <laughs> As it slashes across with its blade of ice, we are going to flip over to a bit farther away from you guys, quite near the edge of the canal where Faileth and Yovin are holding a fishing pole that is has a line attached to a like flying it was, skull. Like it was the best idea I had, okay? This is so good. It's brilliant. <laughs> it was tools that I already had out. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Faileth looks at the fishing pole, looks at Yovin, looks at the skull, goes, 
Um, hmm, uh, she looks at her own tiny, skinny, skinny arms, and that are, like, blue skin, how weak she already was without the negative two, and goes, you know, hmm, and then she touches Jovan and casts guidance on him. <laughs> That's probably why. Because <laughs> right now I have a negative two to strength. <laughs> so, uh, she goes, yeah, um, all right, spirits, uh, if you could come and help Jovan pull on this thing, I'd really like appreciate that. And you can add a d4 to your next ability check. Oh, thank you. Uh-oh. Actually, no, you can roll it on any ability check for the next minute. So you have a mm-hmm. minute of, of guidance. Uh, do I determine whether I roll it before or after I roll? Um, you just add it to your roll, so you can do it uh, after... Yeah, before or after. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not a one-time thing. You can do it up to a minute, so I think you don't have the, to afford it. Uh, I think that it is only once. Um, it's it's I only think once, but I get to choose what point yeah, in the next you get to form I yeah. choose it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And Faileth is right there, so... If it goes away, she'll probably just keep giving it to you. It's a cantrip. <laughs> I can do it forever. And to flavor um, this, what what does he feel? He feels uh, a famous um, raw, unadulterated, panic, freezing cold hands <laughs> touch his shoulder. You can feel the icicles of that are her hands right now through the fabric of your shirt. And she goes, "Right, I'm not very helpful, but maybe they will be." And you feel four pairs of phantasmal hands wrap around your hands. Uh, Jovan chokes back a scream. He's <laughs> very dignified. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna help you pull! Uh, Jovan, you can sort of see out of like the edge of your vision what looks like a typical fisherman that you'd think. Except it's a skull for a face. Mm. He's not paying any attention to that at all. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) As he helps, as they start to help you pull back on the fishing pole, but it is now the skull's turn, and how how do I think the skull would react? Would the skull just flee? How intelligent is the skull? How intelligent? Oh. If it that's comes back good. to me, I'm going to regret it entirely. That, that's never that, <laughs> that That's most assuredly not very good. It turns around. Ah, right. <laughs> it turns around, and it starts to fly towards you. It's going to move its full move action. Yolan moves through all four stages of grief all at once, very quickly. <laughs> oh, look, Yolan, it's coming back. It worked. You did it. We did it. As it starts to come back, it is going to... I mean, it had to take a dash action to get away. So yeah, it had to take a... <laughs> It can only get halfway back, because it's going to use its action to try and escape. Mm. Sort of like how it would with a net, but okay. I think that's meant to be a strength check. Right. Uh, uh, don't see. worry. It's a floating skull. Oh, I have a strength of zero. Or, sorry, a strength of Oh, no, of no, no, no. I think that it's a... I think it's just like a, a net is like a DC 10. Oh, uh, right. If we're doing the restrained action. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a... It makes the, the check, not me. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm not really taking it as that it's actually, like, it was re- restrained in the way that it couldn't keep going forward, but coming back towards you doesn't really have it. 
I'm going to have it roll an action, rolling a strength check to see if it can break out. And so you need me to tell you what the roll is. It's a flat DC 10. The main benefit of a net is that it burns up the creature's action, which is less useful when it's trying to get away. So. Oh, that is so unfortunate. It rolled actually quite decently, but um, it has a really big negative to strength. Um, so oh. it got a nine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Yay! Um, and it's going to sort of like, sort of, it, it's, it's, seems to be trying to pull itself off, um, but the line is very slack right now, so you're going to really have to pull it in on your turn when it comes around to there. But luckily it didn't shoot you with bolts of frigid ice. I'll take it as a win. Mm -hmm. So now it's about 40 feet from you. Okay. And with that, we'll switch over to Kuari. Both you and Melian have single skeletons in front of you. And I think you need to switch, uh, just reminding you, I think you need to switch your Hunter's Mark. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think I wasn't clear when it split into that I switched it to the skin bag thing, and then I switched it to the skeleton when I attacked it. So I'm going to attack the same skeleton again. Mm -hmm. Oh my word, it is not my knight. That's a nine. Your halberd misses. It sinks into a portion of the ice blade and breaks a bit of it off. But as you pull back, you see the blade is already beginning to reform. Oh, great. Well, that's it for me. And with that, it will try and counter-strike against you and fail miserably. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, and with that, uh, we are back to the top of initiative. Jovan, it is your turn. There are spectral hands holding on to your fishing rod. And uh, there are very, two very cold hands on your shoulders from Faelith, and about 40 feet from you, a very skline is a very angry skull. I guess I'm going to try to reel it in. Uh, okay. Give me a strength check. Uh, okay. Okay, so that's a 12, so I'm going to go ahead and use that guidance, D4. Um, and that's a 4, so it's going to be 16. Okay. Uh, so you pull the line so that it is taut, and then mm -hmm. you begin to start reeling it back, and you get it probably another uh, somewhere between ten and twenty feet. Uh, let's can you roll me a d twenty just to see how good it was? A two. Ah, Oof. so you get it about ten feet closer to you. That works. Uh, and then as a bonus action, I will direct my mage hand to start adhering um, a pair of manacles to the rope, to rope that I'm carrying on me. Okay. Are you going to try and run manacles through, like, from a rope through a, one of its holes? Yeah, yeah, that was the, that was the original plan, but it was way too far <laughs> away. Um, it seems much more effective long-term. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, and with that, uh, Melian, is your turn. Melian is going to murder the skeleton in front of him. I believe you. Once again, using reckless attack. <laughs> Another 18. That hits... <laughs> For 10 points of damage. I remembered Oof. to add my plus 2. It, 10 points slashing. It, its bones make some really serious cracking sounds. Uh, and you cut through some of them. But you see the ice sort of like form behind them, still holding it together. But it looks precariously knit together. In which case, since it didn't go down and I'm enraged, uh, I throw down my shield and my longsword and whip out the greatsword from off my back for next time. Nice. Okay. And roar again, obviously. And as you roar, it's going to strike at you. And 
a 16 does not does not no. hit you? It okay, good. Not. You dropped your shield, so I wandered there. But yep. And with that, Faileth, it is your turn. This thing is about 30 feet from you. It is still floating over the uh, canal. Because you guys are, like, right at the edge of the canal. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, Jorvin, uh, do we kill it, or do you want... Do you want to study it? Do I, do I kill it? Shall I kill it? I, I thought you had it. a plan. No! <laughs> you thought of this? I didn't want it to get away and like attack other people. You're the one who caught it. Uh, don't remind me. Um, I, I okay, trust you, Doctor Phelan. I'm gonna attack it. I, I mean, I don't think we need to question it. Um, I don't think it's gonna talk to us, quite honestly. I don't think it's that kind of spirit. So I'm gonna just cast Shatter on it. Yes, I cast Shatter. Okay. Ooh. Do you make an attack, or do I make a I, uh, saving throw? It is a Constitution saving throw. Oh, goody. This is just a floating skull. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. DC 15. Oh, goody. Um, it got an 11. Good. So it's going to take some thunder damage. Na, 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 na. <laughs> It's going to take 17 points of thunder damage. A massively loud ear-splitting sound emanates out of Faith's fingers. It sounds a little like thunder, but it also sounds a lot more like 10 million souls screaming in agony. And it rings this skeleton like a bell. So the sound will issue from within the center and you see the fire briefly goes out. <clears throat> Cracks begin to cover it. Please describe how it explodes. It vibrates like crazy. And for a second, it seems to be regrouping when one last little wave of energy and another, one last scream from the phantasms shakes it apart and it explodes outward like a really shitty firework. So, as it explodes, Faileth, you hear, thank you. Oh, and you briefly welcome. see a, like, where the skull was, the, the, like, the ghost of that guard, before it, like, breaks away, as if freed from some kind of shackle and slavery. But as oh, it begins to disappear, you, it's, you see its uh, lips move. And you hear these words. Beware the Ark. Beware the Ark of Despair. And just as the spirit fades, it says one last thing. Thirteen guardians. Thirteen. And it's gone. Oh, poor little lamb. Did anyone hear that but me, or was he talking just... Just you. Okay, so I assume Jovan is quite confused when I turn to him and go, Oh, the poor little skull. Oh, I'm glad we killed it. Poor thing. There's uh, a lot of expressions on Jovan's face right now. So a whole banquet of emotion. Are there any bits... All of them have been scattered into the canal. That's fine. Not even the one. We got the whole body. <laughs> oh, I, I guess you have a small 
fragment of it on the end of the... Yovan uh, will, will reel it in. It gives him something to focus on. Something to really... You have the like a little bit of like the no- of where the nose bone ridge is. That's oh, enough. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, he'll he'll quietly reel it in, untangle it from the hook, and drop it off to Faileth, and then he's gonna go find a place to go sit down. Thank you. I'm yes. gonna put it in my bone pouch. Oh, excellent. He has become part of my entourage. <laughs> And with that resounding, there's a cacophonous boom, an explosion from over by uh, Faileth and Yovan. Aquari, it is now your turn. Yay, I'm going to try to hit the skeleton again. I completely forgot the skeleton was still alive. That's fine, you just have a rest there. I'll, uh... Both of them are still alive. (laughs) Yovan just looks over, sees Melian the... The, like nine foot lion and the paladin of smiting undead and the two skeletons and like yeah no it's, it's good I guess. <laughs> just sort of like slumped to the ground that is a 13 that hits yay okay that will be 14 slashing damage and 12 these radiant are undead damage. 12 radiant damage okay um, please describe the death. Or the return to death. How brittle are the bones? They look quite frozen. They're sheathed in a little bit of ice, even. Um, and, like, okay. as it moves, the ice breaks and reforms quickly. So I think the way I imagine it, Quarry would, again, swing back and then forward down with their halberd. And as they do, it will shatter the bones all the way down so i imagine like through the clavicle and then the ribs and the radiance that is coming off of the halberd just i don't know i guess maybe like shines out like rays off off the halberd that maybe reflects off the uh the ice chips that i imagine come off the skeleton something like that you can Uh, add flavor if you like and as you do that the frigid magic that is knitting these bones together sort of begins to break down and crumble but it does lash out one last time with a touch of cold towards you you will take five cold damage but you have resistance so reduce that okay. does that mean three or two i can never remember if it's the higher or the i lower. also can never remember brian wow my recollection is you round down okay so then two cold damage excellent uh, yeah, if I, re- if I remember correctly, I looked it up that one time, and you round down regardless of whether, and it, it can end up being rounded down to zero. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Okay. And now, with that, it is back to Jovan's turn, and I think he's just sitting there next to Fela. Um, he's, he's currently, like, staring at Melian, trying to figure out exactly what the hell is happening here. Um... After he's established that it isn't just another ghost or some sort of possession or another undead that has slipped from the tree. But yeah, he's, he's not doing anything terribly productive. Okay. You note that Faileth is really cold. Mr. Yovan, I don't feel so good. He'll dump more of, like, just some of the random bits and baubles he has in his, uh, his vest out and toss it over her way. And as you sort of, like, try and 
warm Faileth a bit more, we will switch to Melian engaged with the last skeleton. Who, now now with his giant greatsword out, will uh, thrust it towards the remaining skeleton, recklessly, obviously, mm-hmm. for a, a dirty 20. That hits. And with your strength bonus alone, you will destroy the skeleton, so please describe it. Awesome. Well, in which case, since I, I, since I did say I was thrusting, I hook him under the ribcage and carry him up into the sky uh, so that the blade like slides up between the ribs and the spine, uh, popping the skull off so it sort of t- you know tinks off to the side. And then seeing that he's essentially impaled it, he swings his sword down to his right, uh, smashing the, skull, the, the skeleton on the ground, roars at pretty much anything that looks like it might move. And then, like, that's that's how the skeleton dies. I'm going to move after the thing explodes. Um, And it... uh, Yes, it most assuredly explodes. um, And why do I keep rolling fives? Um, You'll take five cold damage. (laughs) At which point, Lion Melian will run over and, like, crouch protectively near Faileth. Um, So we Uh, are out of combat now. We have just dropped out of combat uh, as the uh, doors to the... Uh, back of the estate sort of throw open and some of the guards start coming out um, and with the Lord Buchanan uh, going what has happened where are the monsters he has somehow found a sword you did not see him carrying a sword at all the entire time you were there he has found a sword um, I'm assuming and... he saw us out of the same window we first saw the, the tree out of oh probably um, Coriel do a quick scan around to make sure there's no other nothing else coming to life. Uh, Faileth is absentmindedly petting Melian. There does not appear to be anything else that is coming to life. Uh, um, then Quarry will stride purposefully towards Lord Buchanan. Halberd's still out, but hand out kind of uh, in a like halt kind of motion and say it's dealt with. What was it? The corpse is uh, reanimated. What? They Necromancy? Were... Yes, I'm afraid so. It turns out that the the corpses had been turned to empty husks, and, and the skull... Cast, do I know what it was? You never got a real clear look at it, but you do know that necromancers, there's a couple different things that they could animate skulls as. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know of ones that are just simply animated skulls, and you know of ones that have been imbued with... Uh, certain kinds of magic. Most typically fire, usually. Okay. Was the fact Quarry... that I tried to flee over the city a hint at all? I don't think Quarry knows that. Yeah, yeah I didn't really notice. I think Quarry would just say, and the skull was something else. Uh, I'm not yet sure. He has his men stand down, but also to fan out, and he's, are you? Are any of you wounded? I think, well, I, I am slightly, but it's, it's, it's not much. I'd like to pray over these the body of these men who were victims of whatever vile plot is underfoot. And he'll sort of see the smashed bones, and then the, like, broken apart bones, and the, like, half-torn and half-lump of skin, and the, like, burnt, bubbling, (laughs) like, rug of skin. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And he sort of looks and he goes, I think that might be best, but please, I... I, I am at your service, as are my grounds. If there's anything that I can do to help, please let me know. 
I, I do have a, a doctor on staff. He has been seen to my wife, but uh, and I, I'm sure that I can have him help you. Or, or any of your companions. Uh, wh where are the rest of... The girl requires medical attention. Of course, of course. This way, please. And I'm just you... a wee bit chilly. And you guys will get whisked in, and you will get that room that you originally got brought into, that, like, waiting room with parlors, sort of with chairs, with the couch and tables. You get bundled in there, and Cast. at least Melian and Faithleth do. Okay, yeah. Um, the two of you get whisked in there, and Fela starts to get sort of like, there's warm cloths are being run, there's even a bath that's being run, and a uh, no. nice elderly <laughs> uh, doctor. I did a good thing to <laughs> punish me. Uh, comes by and starts to like take her temperature and, and is also looking over you, and um, he... Uh, pulls out some ni a nice packet of herbs and uh, gives uh, like gives you a tea that should be nice and calming. That will be going on while whatever else is going on outside is happening. Melian, mm -hmm. yes, I just was. want you to know, if I die from all this tea and baths, I love you. <laughs> I will see to it that you shan't die. <laughs> but I love you too. Oh, oh so cute. Uh, and so we'll switch away from Melian and Faileth inside the manor now, as they're being, or as, at least as Faileth is being treated, and back outside to where Yovan and Quarry are. Quarry would be taking the two sacks and kind of laying them out and trying to throw the bits of one corpse into one sack and the bits of the other corpse into the other sack because they don't like leaving human remains laying around and they'll once they have accomplished this rather arduous and gross task they will pray over it and then their next uh, step is to ensure that it's carried to the well to the i guess common graveyard of the town to be buried by the appropriate church uh, uh gerard says that they will send a runner to the uh uh to uh, some of the gravekeepers of Ashen, and that uh, a priest uh, should be here within the next hour or so, probably. Excellent. And while Quarry is gathering the remains into the two piles, uh, is there anything that they noticed that they hadn't noticed before? Faileth, do you have all the coins? Yes. No, there's nothing you notice. Okay. I have all the coins and all the secret knowledge of what the dead things said when they were killed again. <laughs> and someone's trying to bait me, so I'm not talking about it. <laughs> You're being given sort of like almost like a sponge bath to, to warm you up. Mm, nope. Mm -mm. Still don't how, like it. <laughs> how dirty is the work that Quarry has undertaken? It is decently dirty, but... Yeah, I think that you can describe how what what happens. Well, I think that once I, I'll I totally will get to that. Uh, once Quarry is finished assembling the corpses, they probably assign or ask one of the guards. So they don't have authority to assign anybody, but would ask one of the guards to watch over the remains until the priest comes to take it away. The Lord has come back out, and he assigns a couple guards to watch over the area. Actually, as as you're finishing, you do notice that the ground has already started to soften. Oh, good. That was a good sign. The tree still clearly looks dead, mm. but the 
unnatural chill is gone. So, having collected the bodies, said said some prayers, and turned the keeping over to the guards, Quarry would ask the Lord, is there a place that I could um, wash my hands? And as Quarry says that, I don't know how observant Lord Buchanan is feeling at the moment, but he might remark that it's rather strange that after all of this digging and fighting and uh, gathering up bits of corpses, that Kawari's armor is absolutely spotless. It's just their hands that are a bit dirty. Mm. Or wait, Cass, how does this work? Does my skin never get dirty? Um, if I remember correct, the exact wording of the frivolous wish was that you would never be dirty again. Okay, then I don't so, have to worry about that at all. Yeah. Uh, in that case, scratch that. Quarry, looking bizarrely immaculate, uh, <laughs> will turn to Lord Buchanan and say, Well, it appears that at least is dealt with. He's not going to actually notice that. Um, it's he, he has other things on his mind. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and he's going to thank you. Uh, and he sort of turns to Yovan as well, because um, I assume that Yovan, that you're there, nearby. Uh, he likely got up when um, Quarry was doing the prayers and, and joined him. No, and he, th- he thanks both of you, and uh, he again extends that his house is open to you, and if any any resources he has to help you in the search for his son, and as well as this warning that you want to bring regarding weapons, he is fully welcome to hear it. Thank you, my lord. I think... I don't know that now is the time, but I do think that it would be good if we could discuss with you what you think the best step for approaching the city council would be. While we could do a demonstration with the weapons, that and that may be the most um, expedient way to convince them, it is also somewhat dangerous. We, of course, can uh, do what we can to defeat any monsters that may come out of the weapons, but um, we'd want to do something to ensure that anybody observing would not be harmed. Yes. We, we will talk of this more once, once you've all rested, perhaps uh, over uh, dinner tonight. Please stay. Be my guests. That's very generous of you. I... I would love to accept your offer. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, with that, um, I should go and perhaps warn my staff. Uh, and uh, please make use of my facilities. Uh, your young companion uh, and her protective, uh, her, her guardian, should be in the sitting room that you were first brought to. Excellent. Um, before you go, I um, Quarry looks a bit like they're not quite sure how to put this. I do greatly appreciate your invitation to dinner, but you should be aware that, well, myself and some of my companions are more used to uh, life in the rough, as it were, and I wouldn't want to upset your wife or um, Quarry's still looking kind of like, hmm. He gives you a sort of... Tell him that my dinner, everybody's dinner manners may not be... (laughs) He gives you a sort of knowing smile and says... My wife certainly loves small little projects, and <laughs> we have raised, uh, and he, he sort of gets a, a downcast look, uh, 
we were raising a young boy. We are not, how do I put this, uh, strangers to individuals that do not know the manners of the gentry. Please, do not let that cause you concern. Though I am sure that uh, Gerard will pull out all the bells and whistles. Uh, this may also be a good chance for you if we are to approach the rest of the council in a more formal setting, or find a way to bring down their guard. Yes, my lord. Uh, thank you. You you mentioned your wife was not well. I hope that she recovers soon. Uh, yes. Uh, I will go see her and extend this invitation. Thank you. And he, he gives you a half bow and then steps away. Well, Jovan, that seems to be going well. As well as it could. I would say, in the long scheme of things, this actually went better than I expected. Indeed. Shall we join our companions in the house? Before we do, I'd I'd like to ask you, what was it that came over Malian? It is a good question. I, um, I don't know him any more than you do, I suppose. And, well, um, Cass... Do I know anything about what Melian may be? Uh, no. You have no idea. Mm. Even though we're both from the north? No. Okay. I'm not actually sure, Melian, have you shared that you're from the north? I mentioned it in the first, our first meeting because I spoke of mm-hmm. the runes upon my sword. True. Yeah. But no, Melian is... To, for all purposes that you've seen, is a half-elf. Hmm. I don't know. Perhaps it is uh, some magic spell that he knows or some kind of curse? I, I've never encountered anything like it, and I'm not sure whether to ask him or not. It seems like Fairleth is not the only extraordinary companion. Indeed not, I'm beginning to feel rather ordinary. Yeah, he raises an eye, specifically at the Immaculate Shining Armor, and I'm sure (laughs) sure you have your secrets too. Let's go speak with him. And with that, the two of you exit the garden, guards posted behind to watch over the bodies, or what's left of them, and uh, you come back to the sitting room that you originally came into in the house, and you see Faileth is... Wrapped in towels and blankets, and is there tea has been forced upon her, and some tea is forced on you. And a nice uh, gentleman who says that he is the doctor comes around and starts looking at each of you. And over the course of this short rest, any hit dice that you guys spend will heal double. Then I will do that. I'll get 14 back. Nice. So I'm back to 20 of 27. I have no hit points. So if it shot you again, you'd go right back down. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 20 is my max. That's a good amount of hit points. <laughs> I got 18, which, uh, which puts me back to full. Oh, I thought you said 18 max. And I was about to... <laughs> no, 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 no. But you're the tank. Back. No. <laughs> I rolled a 9 on my d12 to get hit points back. That's not too shabby. I am also back to full. 
Okay, well, you guys are having your short rest. Uh, what do you discuss? What goes on? Did anybody notice anything during the fight that is worth mentioning? The, uh, the skeletons and the, uh, the flesh that came off them were... Oh gosh, I wrote this down. Uh, husks? Husks, yes. We're empty husks. What could you tell me about the skull? It tried to escape. It was fleeing to the direction that Cass may share. It was fleeing uh, across the... So if you were to look at a map of Dwemer Hollow, um, you, yeah, if you were to look at the map that you guys have, uh, Buchanan is, Buchanan's estate is pretty much right where, right across from where Old Town and Woldengate meet along that canal. And it seemed to be racing across the canal more in the direction of Old Town. It was attempting to flee, and it was towards Old Town, dark side, perhaps towards the river. It wasn't at its fault, though. What do you mean, Faelith? It, it didn't want to be doing that. He didn't... It wasn't something he wanted to do. He was happy when I killed him. What makes sense, the, the guards themselves, whose bodies were used, were not willing participants, I'm sure. No. He said something strange. I didn't know if it's important, but... He told me to beware of the Ark of Despair, and that there are 13 guardians, but I didn't know what that means. The Ark of Despair what, Vela? Despair. Like, like, Big Sad. Oh. The Ark of Big Sad. Another mystery. Cass, do either of those things sound familiar to Quarry? Can I actually have everyone in the group roll an int each roll an intelligence check to remember if you guys remember something from a previous session <laughs> oops I'm uh, going 13. to burn some trick points since we've had a short rest <laughs> well I got a 4 so Ooh. I'm going to say no oh, Millian, actually... I, I don't know if you actually heard it even yeah. the first time <laughs> I'm not going to even bother burning trick points I got a 20 oh nice um, I got a 32, but that's because I rolled 3d20, so I should probably roll <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 17. So, Faileth and Jovan, as Faileth is saying this, you actually remember back when you talked with Mulgabeth the first time. Faileth had said that Mulgabeth said, Despair now lives here. Do you think the Ark of Despair, that's the same despair that our little frog chicken friend was talking about that Mulgabeth mentioned? It was something that came to mind when you mentioned 13 guardians. He's a guardian of that household, was he not? He was, yes. And an Ark is mean... a type of boat? Therefore, perhaps it is a dark boat that comes on the new moons. Ah, an interesting thought. I am an intuitive thinker. I was thinking it was like one of those like archway arts, but your way sounds better. Do you think that means they need 13 children? 13 guardians who have lost their charge. I don't Ooh, know that seems... all of these houses have a guardian, though. What if the children themselves are guardians? Maybe. How many, how many kids are gone now? Yovan, one other thing mm. you know is that 
another term for parent is guardian. I'm about to say the first child, the first family that we spoke to, the child had lost his father, had they not? Yes. The first had lost his father, the others, the spirit was broken, and the metal, the artifacts, they weren't found with the children. They're always the found near the parents. Sorry, friend Jovan, that does not answer the question. How many children have disappeared? Somewhere between uh, five and twenty, probably. Specifically. Uh, give me a moment. I have my notes. <laughs> uh, um, while I'm looking this up, um, if Cass could quickly remind me. <laughs> you know of a child that went missing uh, six months ago? was uh, Rola, Eladov. You know of... Uh, you know of, even before then, nine months ago, uh, Alice Deucalion went missing, um, but that's only been mentioned to you. You haven't mm-hmm. investigated that. A ways back, Faileth mentioned, found out from Ghost, the series of various ones that have gone missing. And I'd had that noted down. Yeah, I have that right I now. I will look for it. Yeah, I'll look for it here. But, um... I swear uh, I there are ten missing from what the ghost told me. So that means three yet remain, assuming that there wasn't one before in the town by the forest that we might to investigate. Cass, did yep. one disappear after I talked to that ghost? They didn't, right? You know that the most recent one, which is one that you guys investigated, was Mirabelle Aesir, and she disappeared on the 27th of Morgren, so like two right. nights ago. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I knew it was recently, but I was pretty sure that the 10 was still one accurate number. Which was the night before the campaign started. So when you spoke to the ghosts, one had just gone missing. So there are 10, according to the ghosts, there are 10 missing. Something else that concerns me, those bodies were left there intentionally. It wasn't an accident. They are waiting for them to be dug up. That's an interesting idea. You suspect a trap? It can't be a simple feat to animate the dead that way. But why this house? Why this family? I guess because he's the lord? Perhaps if the two things are connected, Jasper Quince, Rushford, arming the town with bomb swords, and not bomb swords, uh, and the children's <laughs> disappearance, then the two could be connected. <laughs> Damn it! With (laughs) (laughs) anyway, perhaps the two are connected, and this was an opportunity to leave a parting message for the Lord, one that might end in his death. Good thing we were here then, even if it does mean I've had my second bath in two days, (laughs) which I'll just say is supremely unfair. Perhaps you will grow to enjoy them, Fela. Unlikely. I do like this towel, though. It's fur fluffy. I feel like a wee cotton blossom. A less generous interpretation was that it was to keep the ghosts silent. You said that your mother was having difficulty speaking near them, and presumably they left no spirits behind when they perished. Is it possible that whatever it is that's hunting knows that we have Faileth with us hunting him? But this was long before we got here that this was set up, right? This was about a month before. And when did you receive your letters? When did we receive our letters? Did we receive our letters? Yovan received his about a year ago. 
uh, and then you guys have received them within the past six months. Hmm. However long it would have taken you to get here, approximately. <laughs> a couple months. I mean, we've had the letters for a few months, but do you think whoever wrote them is was setting us up that that they were lying just to get us here? No, but I think that perhaps whatever he knew, others knew as well. I suppose. But then why only this one? It was said that the wife saw something. It's possible the guards needed to disappear and they were, for lack of a better word, cursed to discourage any further inquiry once the bodies were dug up. That's reasonable. Actually, you would know. Corey, how common is it, the gift to speak to the dead, through nefarious means or otherwise? Do you mean how common is a gift like Faileth's, or...? I imagine she's not the only one to speak with the past, those who have passed. There were those of the... Not only think of it, there were the speakers from the church. Wasn't that their purpose? Yes, indeed. It is not uncommon to be able to speak with the dead. The way that Faileth does it is unusual, but, um... She's, of course, not the only one who can speak. So perhaps they assumed other supernatural investigation into this. But maybe I'm stretching too far. It could have just as easily been a trap set for the Lord. It's hard to know with so little information. Faileth, you found some trinkets of some sort in the, uh, in the graves? Well, it's good coins. It's got a skull with three eyes and this big old cup. I pulled them out of my pocket. Can I see one? See? Mm-hmm. Corey will take it, take one and um, kind of turn it over in their hand. Can She gives one to Jovan as well. Anyone that is looking at them, can I get history checks? Considering Maybe. that Faileth is the person that picked them up in the original, and Faileth doesn't do much talking, I, I basically just made the decision that Faileth wouldn't know about this. <laughs> Uh, so I don't take Chris to a history check. Yeah, don't don't do a history okay. check, Faileth. <laughs> I don't know much of anything, so that makes sense. Eleven. A thirteen. Melian knows the most. Melian, looking at the cup, the cup on the back of the coin is a symbol that is stamped on the coins of the city, of the free city of Tholweir, from the Alliance. You know that the free city of Tholweir, uh, it was destroyed between ten and five years ago uh, during a war against the undead. This cup is the symbol of the free city of Tholweir. What are the chances that Tholweir is connected to the Altharan? Well, that I don't know, but there is certainly an interesting connection to necromancy. No, do tell. Well, the city was destroyed, if I'm not mistaken. Cass, definitely tell me if I'm getting this wrong. Uh, the city was destroyed in the Blissful Rebellion. The city of Tholweir was the site of the final battle in the Blissful Rebellion, where the combined armies of the Alliance of Free Cities, as well as many members of the various churches and dignitaries and uh, provided regiments from other powers on the continent fought 
to put an end to the necromancy that had arisen and had destroyed the land there. But the battle was so great and the amounts of power and magic that were expended such monumental uh, that the very land itself has been scarred. And it is a cursed place now. Um, looking at the coin, you do note uh, that there is a date uh, stamped into them. The year currently is 1083, and these coins are stamped 1071. So these were stamped before the destruction of Tholweer. The members of the Red Exiles considered it bad luck to be paid in Tholwyrian coins. However, I found they spent just as well. Uh, one thing I will note for you, Melian, is you've never seen a coin with a skull, like the skull on the other side. Usually mm. it's uh, the overflowing chalice, and then on the other side it's like the f like a really bad face of a king or a queen, whoever right. is currently the ruling monarch. So this, that's concerning. And These appear to be atypical, however. The only coins I have seen of, with a Thulwiran chalice on them have some monarch's face on the other side and not a skull with three eyes. I still think the third eye is part of this somehow. I couldn't tell you how, but it's just the feeling. Casted only Melian recognize anything? Kwari, uh, based off your history, you've definitely seen these coins. You saw these coins in like, near the end of the war. Basically, any plunder that was being brought out were these coins. And mm -hmm. you do know that as many of these coins that the various churches could get a hold of, they did. And they locked them away, or destroyed them. But you don't know why. Okay. Well, I'm concerned about the fact that we found these coins and I'm frankly concerned about even having them in our possession. I'm not quite sure what to do with them. The When the city fell, the plunder taken from the city included many coins such as these and the churches seized what coins they could and locked them away or destroyed them. I don't know why they felt it necessary to go to such extreme measures to eradicate the coins, whether it was that they were a reminder of a terrible power that was best left forgotten, or if there was something nefarious about the coins themselves. I, myself, am not very good at <laughs> detecting magic or understanding the magical workings of things, but... I sent out the butler here uh, before the incident we experienced um, with a list of tools that I used over the past ten years to appraise magical goods. And As you are starting to explain this, there is a rap on the door, and Gerard puts his head in and says, Sir, I have prepared the room for you to your specifications. Thank you. There may be some more answers we can extract out of this growing horde of artifacts we find with ourselves. Here. It won't um, cause any uh, commotion like the uh, the object in the fire. 
it's a bit more of a subtle process, generally speaking. I've yet to have all so far kept all my fingers, and I've been doing this for quite some time. Melly right. beyond, I find subtle processes are less exciting. <laughs> we all play to our strengths. Speaking of such, I couldn't help but notice that um, you did a wonderful little trick with your disguise kit out there. Melian's a pretty kitty when he's mad. Indeed. As a barbarian, when I enter a rage, uh, I sometimes assume the form of a, well, as Saleth has explained to me, a pretty kitty. He's all white and soft, and he's got ghosts just like me. That's why I started traveling with him at first, because he couldn't see them, or didn't realize they were there, I guess, except when he's in pretty kitty form, so... That was nice. Someone else who had ghosts around them all the time. Now I'm with him because he's nice and I like him, but for at first that was why. I thought that I had seen uh, all manner of magics in my time, but I don't think I've any, ever seen anything quite like that. That's quite the talent you have. Well, it has sometimes earned me more ire than I would have liked. However, I, I cannot stand to see the girl in trouble. After that demonstration out there, I am more than happy to have you at my back. Feel a fair sight better about the trials we are assumed to face. Alright. Let's go see if we can squeeze any more answers out of these. Or if we're just going to get more questions. Do I have to leave the towel in the blanket? No, no. Take them along. Yay! This is going to take some time. When Gerard poked his head, he said it was the room just across the hall has been set up for you. I'm adding that on to what he said previously. Uh, so you open the doors and head across. A fire has also already been lit in this room, and a chair has been pulled close to that fire. I think he assumed Faileth was going to be moved into this room. Uh, and <laughs> it is set up as you expected, like, at two years specification, exactly. How Every bundled... implement you asked for, and such. How bundled is Faileth? Um, pretty serious. Oh, I'm a bundled. burrito with hair. Oh, uh, Faileth, would you like a ride? Really? You look comfortable. She looks like a sleepy toddler right now, just all <laughs> big eyes and wet hair, and, like, just, she just kind of climbs into onto your shoulders and clings, like, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, I thought it might be easier than unwrapping you for you to be able to walk. I like will... my burrito of softness. Or <laughs> I will scoop Faileth up and carry them to the next room. Yovit's also going to push his luck and uh, catch Gerard as he's leaving and add a couple more bits to the shopping list, specifically a pair of hand crossbows. <laughs> um, he sort of raises an eyebrow but says, I'll run it past my lord, but I'm, I'm sure that we can arrange something for you. Uh, much appreciated. All right. We're going to say that it doesn't take the time that it takes to set it up right now. It's okay. going to take a fraction of that time, as if someone else, as if it was already being set up. We're playing a bit more fast and loose with methodical control uh, for the end of this session. And so, what is the result of this methodical control that you are creating over this area? 
Right. Um, as long as this effect is active, you detect the presence of magic within the controlled zone. As an action, you can pinpoint all visible items and creatures with magical effects. If you touch a creature for one minute, you learn what spells are affecting it. Additionally, if you study a magic item or item under a spell for one minute, you learn its properties and how it works, as well as the conditions for its use and the remaining number of charges, if any. If the item is under a spell, you identify the spell. If the item is created through a spell, you learn the spell's name. Okay. Just a, a very comprehensive detect magic with a couple of caveats with the, the base ability. I'll just take it. Um, I'll take it out. Uh, Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the coins actually have a very faint necromancy attached to them. Okay. As if woven into their gold. And that the spell is old. Alright. And it's actually quite powerful. And you're, you, you sort of get this distinct impression that these coins, they might be usable as material components to, like, augment necromancy spells and make them more powerful. And as you're sort of looking at them, you, you sort of wonder, you once did hear about something, something that almost went for auction. That was called Funeral Gold that have been stamped into necromancer's coins, the currency of the damned. But you luckily never sold, never auctioned any of that, but you did hear at one point about something like that. Sure. He'll, he'll just freely talk about what he learns as he does, identifies uh, the properties and qualities of these items. Just a steady like stream of consciousness ramble as he picks them over and goes through the process. One other thing is, considering that there are five, mm -hmm. there were exactly five undead. That's fair. I hadn't made that connection. But I suppose Yovan does. Thankfully, he's smarter than I am. <laughs> uh, and specifically, there were two coins on the body that split into the skeleton and the empty husk. And there were three coins on the body that split into the skeleton, the empty husk, and its skull transformed. Right. Uh, is he able to determine anything about the cold iron symbols that we've been finding? They're definitely magic in some form. They've, like, they're almost, they're holding some kind of enchantment magic in them. It seems to have been spent. Like, there's just, like, there's a residue. And it feels like something that might twist the mind. Okay. Or, like, let a wedge slightly through a door. Sleep is Make a someone more susceptible. That sounds more like memory fuckery than sleep. Thought I might just be getting suspicious there. Okay. There were other items as well. Uh, the bone that, uh... We recovered from the floating skull. I'm assuming just general necromancy. But can I tell? General necromancy, you don't know the exact spell that animated it, but mm -hmm. it was clearly animated by a spell. But it seemed like there's also some kind of like preservation or sealing magic that's Sweet. slightly on it. So you have a feeling that you guys may have... They had been buried, they'd been animated, and then sealed. As if maybe your idea of a trap was correct. 
they were waiting for someone to dig them up before they trigger. Alright, we just need to figure out who the vic intended victim was supposed to be. One final thing, unless I'm, I'm forgetting some, it is getting later on. Um, is it possible to have the inscription that was above the boy's room uh, removed and brought here? Like, to have the actual wood cut out of the, the floor? That would take a decent amount, and I don't think that Gerard is very inclined to have the house ripped apart. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, he should have set it up up there then, shouldn't he? Oh well. No. <laughs> it might actually be easier to set up just a new zone up there when we, we have some spare time. No. Oh, the sword. Uh, we still have the other guard's sword, Faileth. Sure do. I am basically just napping, so you can come take it from me. But you're no. going to have to get into the burrito, burrito to do so. No, no, no. I have a mage hand for that. Specifically for taking things off people. <laughs> <laughs> can it be thwarted uh, by my comfy burrito? <laughs> we'll say that it takes him a little bit, but he's able to get it out. Um, the sword radiates no magic whatsoever. Does it feel light like the other one did? Yep. No magic. None. 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 It's completely normal. It's as normal as you'd expect a sword to be. Oh, that's terrifying. Do I remember if this is the one that we bought out of the shop or the one that we got off the guard? That's the one Million bought for me. So it's possible it's only the ones carried by the guard. It appears in every other case to be the exact same as the other sword. I would like to split this up. I may have a theory. I'm definitely nothing unusual, no magic, nothing of any sort here. It may be that the ones carry the guards, only ones carry the creatures inside them. It would make sense that he might sell standard weapons to those who might be looking to experiment with them. Uh, oh, we hadn't told Corey that we took the other one off the guard, had we? Oh, that's enough. It's, we'll, we'll just, like, brush past that point. Is that we, we, the one that we took from the guard was the one that contained the creatures. The one that we bought from the shop is the... seems to be completely unremarkable. The other option is you do know that there is magic that can fool your detection. Hmm. I'd still like to test the theory. I, I'd, I'd voice that as well, but I'd still like to test it. Perhaps we should go and visit Alan again. Was there anything else that we needed to, that we've collected, that we should inspect? Do we think so? Okay. Out of curiosity, um... No, I'm not going to take the list. Go. Uh, tempting, but no. Do not touch my mother's skull. <laughs> what kind of magic created that? No. Um, I'll leave it be. Is there, actually, is there any other sources of magic that we are carrying on us? I think Melian has a, another healing potion on yep. him. Okay. There's a really, really minor, just like aura of magic on Quarry. 
that just seems to like permeate all of Quarry. Um, it's conjuration magic of some kind. Okay. If you're able to identify the spell, it's the weakest kind of. It's the weakest wish in, in possible. <laughs> I'll raise his eyebrow, but he will. Uh, he'll keep Quarry's secrets till he's ready to share. Till he's ready to share. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't think there's any other actual magic items per se on anyone, or any like ongoing spell on anyone. Did we keep the fragments of the old sword? Nope. No. Rip. That's if I remember correct, uh, when everything had cleared, they were gone. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, there's nothing else that's coming to mind for me. Um, once I, I go through and actually find where I put my notes, I will probably have more questions, but nothing immediately comes to mind. Okay. Well then, I think that we should leave it off there for tonight's session. You've just, you've had a combat, you've rested, uh, you've had a short rest at least, uh, you've seen and learned some new things about various details and gathered some interesting information, been given a warning by a spirit as it was freed, and next session, you'll be going to a fancy dinner! Yay. I look forward to Gerard trying to like prepare us for this fancy dinner. I'm, I'm Sleepy Faleth at a damn fancy dinner is going to be interesting. I'll this is where Melian surprises you all. By so I guess I'll have to bring them along. Fancy manners. <laughs> I, uh, I have to figure out where I'm going to put my door. I don't think I can bring that with me. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Arcane Anthems, and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye! Ooh, hold on, I better write that down. I've just opened my, uh, my sheet here to write this down, and I've noted that Cass has written Terrified of Rainbows in all caps. And rainbows is all different colors, and I love it so much. It's just absolutely the best. Every time you add a fear or something like that, I just note it down in there. <laughs> it just just made my whole day. Okay, can you say that again for me, please? Just as ominously? Uh, beware the arc of despair. Oh, well, I no, missed I the ominous. Oh, no, to do it again. Oh, ominous. Beware the arc. Beware the arc of despair. I say this mockingly, but Felix is absolutely not. <laughs> and so uh, she could probably we, stand. We did have to get prompted by the. We had to get prompted by the GM to even think about actually looking at the bodies we just dug up because we're like, yeah, those are definitely bodies. <laughs> Where's the treasure? Um, yeah. <laughs> I I I may have been like, what's going on? 
We just take the bot, the head and walk away. It's good. <laughs> we went for adventures. Look, it's yeah. one thing to look at the body to see how they died. It's another thing to just talk to the spirit and like strike up a conversation. Be like, yo, how'd it go? <laughs> I mean, I think that that is completely valid. When you can talk to its ghost, why would you do an autopsy? It can tell you how it died. Uh, you gave Melian a task that involved using his muscles. He was like, yeah, cool, digging. <laughs> And we are all super functional, and there's nothing wrong with any of us. <laughs> I need to figure out how to make medicine an intelligence check, because uh, I hope it's setting up like a negative one. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's definitely body. Looks like uh, skin on there. Hmm. Generally, the bones are on the inside, yeah? Terrible shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey's good at medicine. Yeah, that's right. We don't all have to be... No, no, I have fair, yeah. two spells that heal and give me more hit points, and Phaelith never at any point considered using them on herself. <laughs> oh, Phaelith. I have Cure Wounds and False Life. I could absolutely have helped myself. But I didn't get attacked again after I, you know, died in one hit, so... <laughs> it was all good. It was not in... in, in you... Okay, so what I will say is... Had you not been dealing necrotic damage, you would have killed, killed the it? thing in one hit. <laughs> so, oh no, this was course. not a criticism. It was hilarious. <laughs> I was super because it worked so well narratively. Because Phelis, like, I'm a big girl. I can take care of myself. Look at me, dude. It's the same awesome powers. Look how powerful I am. Oh shit, I'm dead. <laughs> like it just worked out so well. I'm very pleased with it. It was absolutely hilarious, and I love it. Plus, it very I had discussed that uh, Melian's temper was directly related to how much danger she was in. So, so I was so excited because it meant we were going to get pretty hair, Brian, and like all of the things were good. It was exactly how it should have gone. Awesome. I mean, Faelith has no business laying hands on a thing. It just happens that her best spell is a "I need to touch it" spell. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh, I doubt that this thing is ever... Wait, did she just say she touches it? Oh, yeah. I, I, I wrote this ability for it, not thinking this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yep. Inflict wounds is a really strong spell, but I gotta touch things, which means I have to be in melee, so it's the, the double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. And Faelith has no sense of self-preservation, which is why she has melee in. <laughs> Okay, uh, let me know when you have uh, restarted the recording.